back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. I'm JB, joined by... Uh, I, I, I've run out of compliments for you, Pistol. It's been a it's been a long season, but a good season. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing very well, thank you, JB. But uh, I think you you should be complimenting yourself on the, the fine season you're having. Well, if we're going to get straight into it, I did uh, flex a lot on the last podcast and Chizo told me off afterwards. But hey, when Chizo's not here, then, you know, the flexing all comes out. So... Ranked 126 for the season now. I've had a jump by 12 ranks uh, from last week. Score of 25.54. Still got two trades up my sleeve as well and a pretty good full premium squad besides pretty much just James Sicily, who I think we all hate, even if you don't own him. Surely you hate him. Um, (laughs) And that's essentially it. So pretty much riding out the rest of the year. And um, I must say, it's it's probably going to be a bit of a shorter podcast because like what I want to happen with my two trades remaining, it's just not happening. The carnage is just not really there for us, Pistol. That's that's a good thing for people with uh, zero trades like myself. Um, <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> just holding out, just hoping uh, that I can get through the next couple of weeks um, and my cover at least stays in the side. And yeah, at the moment cruising, um, I fell myself outside the top 1K last week, but only just at 1.1K. So hopefully the next couple of weeks can go um, my way. I've got a very, very solid, I think, uh, full primo side and um, just need a, a one one big week out of the next three should do it and hopefully just uh, yeah tick off a, a top 1K finish for uh, 2019. So you'll be top 1K. I'll be trying my hardest to get into the top 100. Um, we've got a bunch of admins as well that are, are sort of pushing around that range. It's been a really good year for, I mean, I'm self, self-loathing self a little bit there, if I can even speak, but it's been a really good year for Dr. Supercoach and uh, a lot of our advice in the preseason has led a lot of people, especially in our Slack and uh, people that contact us a lot on Twitter to have pretty good seasons as well. So um, just, I think we can all give ourselves a bit of a pat on the back for this one. Nah. It's their teams. Uh, they make their choices. I'm going to give them the pats on the back for, uh, <laughs> That's you know, just, doing, disgrace. <laughs> doing what? what? <laughs> He's such a man of the people, Pistol. Look, uh, I can't, yeah, I'm not going to take credit for uh, other people's fine work, JB. Okay, well, can you t- at least take credit for our fine work being that I'm ranked pretty well, yourself is ranked pretty well, Chizo has had a good season as well. How, how, are, we, how are we looking for ourselves? Can we give ourselves a pat on the back? Oh yeah, sure. Why not? I will. Uh, I'll give you a pat on the back for your rank. <laughs> You're a hard man to please. Now, uh, we've got the the one donation in the cancer council sitting there. I think so. If you want to quickly read that one out, and then we can get into the uh, advice section for the limited carnage we have this week. I would love to as we uh, push that 10k mark this season. So thank you very much to Father Dougal um, at SCT. He says. After foolishly taunting the Supercoach gods in Cow Talk this week, uh, they smote both Lyset and Cameron. Only cover is Chol. I waffled like a breakfast buffet chef on who to trade and fell asleep before I decided. I woke up and got online just after the GWS match started. I live on the east coast of the US and once again got bitten by the time difference. Third year in a row, late night matches have cost me making a trade. It wasn't my waffling. Hashtag the hamster was right, JB. I mean, Father Dougal. Look, I honestly sympathize because... I, we, you and I both play fantasy Premier League, and that the 
difference in time is it's actually a struggle. So I don't know how the Americans do it with our game. I mean, yeah, copying Lysa and Cameron in the same week is unlucky, like regardless of where you live, but to make it worse and have a time <laughs> difference so you can't kind of navigate around it. That's, look, it's, that's a kind donate for donuts. I think that's a, that's a lot of bad luck. Oh yeah, it's definitely a lot of bad luck, but you're turning into something good. So that is, I think, the mantra all season. And um, that might be one of our last few donations as the season wraps up. So um, again, Pistol, do you mind if I give us a pat on the back for the great year the Cancer Council has had? Actually, you know, I'll I'll take that one back myself. The community, a pat on the back for the great year the Cancer Council has had. No. Not allowed that one either. Oh boy. Um. <laughs> when, we, when, we, when we cross that 10K range, then we can uh, give okay, ourselves you, a collective pat on the back as a community. Do you know how far away we are? Uh, Cheezo has the running tally, oh, I won't come be able on. to tell you. But this off is the not the content that people want to hear. Just a couple of hundred dollars away, so maybe okay. there'll be like mass donuts in the next, uh, I guess, the final two rounds of the season. Well, look, you've got no trades left, Pistol, so all we can do is hope there's a bit of carnage <laughs> for your team. So uh, we're going to move on to the very small amount of carnage we have this week. I want to start us off, we won't go through the teams as there's pretty much three things that we've... Uh, earmarked as the the talking points for the week. Other than that, there's, I mean, even those three things aren't really carnage, carnage. But uh, we'll start with Scott Lysette, not named again for Port Adelaide, who had a big win over Essendon last week. Uh, Peter Adams did well. Paddy Ryder also did well. Uh, So it looks like as long as Port keep winning, um, it's interesting to note their their next three games are definitely winnable games in Sydney, North Melbourne, and... Oh boy, they've, who do they, I can't remember who they finished the season on, but they've got three decent games, three mantle at home. Um, they've got three <laughs> decent games. Um, there's every chance Scott Lysette struggles to get back into the team at all, considering one of the captains, Ollie Wines, is on the emergency list this week. He can't even get in the team. So are you suggesting if you own Lysette like now is the time to trade? Is that what you would suggest, having been given the information I just gave? I asked you the question, but uh, <laughs> based on the information that you have presented, uh, I would look to trade him out because it doesn't look like he's going to force his way um, back into the side. And fortunately, he's at 547k. So that means that you can pretty much take your pick of like the best replacement options and forwards and, and everything. And JB, if you had to pick kind of a replacement option that you think not everyone has, who would you be taking? Yeah, and we did talk about this just a little bit last week, but just to update, um, someone okay, so someone that not many people would have. So are we looking around the ten percent sort of ownership range here? I mean, just pick a number and roll with it, JB. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, oh, jeez, it's difficult. It's difficult. So, um, you know what? I <laughs> is it Walter uh, still? <laughs> Is it Toby I mean, he, Green? He's it's owned Toby by fifteen percent. So it's, just say Toby Green and let's move on. All right, it's Toby Green. <laughs> like uh, Toby Green is a three-round average of one hundred and seventeen, a five-round of one hundred and twelve. Their fixtures are so good. And Josh um, Kelly's just, still out of the side, so he'll play midfield still. Look, I mean, they play Hawthorne, Western Bulldogs, and then Gold Coast to finish the year. Even if he sneaks forward in the last game because Kelly's back. He's going to kick a bag against Gold Coast. So it's really hard to look past Toby Green at the moment. Yeah, I think uh, any way we can sneak him into the conversation to just chat about how good his last month has been. Um, this is 
as you said in the uh, b- before the podcast, pistol, this is actually the reason that we started Toby Green because he can just score so well for a forty, so dynamic. But uh, it took a few injuries for him to get to that point. So uh, the main talking point of the podcast is going to be Caleb Daniel just returned from that hamstring injury to suffer. I don't know if it's a full, it's a, it's a torn hamstring now, but he's out for another week or so. So. I assume, I mean, it's just, it's something to do with their hamstring. At the very least, it's awareness. So um, I assume he's a trade-out option at this stage, Pistol? Most definitely. And he's 470K. So who are some players cheaper than him that you'd be looking at to replace him with? Yeah, unfortunately, 470K, a lot less room to work with. But uh, under that cap, you can still fit in Tom Lynch, just the 80 points this week. But um, has a couple of good games coming up uh, this week, obviously, with Carlton on the horizon. Only 4% of teams averaging 109 in the last three rounds, 101 in the last five. As we said, last podcast does not leave the MCG as well for the rest of the season. Um, I actually really like Robbie Gray as well, uh, someone who's had an up-and-down season, but I think he's really stringing it together as a midfielder and a forward, which he hasn't really done this season. He's been good in the midfield or you know had a good game forward, but not really you know, had a big impact in the midfield, then move forward and kick goals. So um, if we can see more of what he's produced in the last month uh, in the next three rounds in that easy run, then I think Robbie Gray is also a really sneaky option. Do you know who's got a good draw, JB? I mean, I've heard a little bit about Gary Ablett's draw, but I'm not sure if that correlates with any other AFL players. No, Jeremy Cameron, because he's got the same draw as uh, Toby Green. So he's back this week. I went the Tom Hawkins route. (laughs) I, I know, I'm just luring you into that, that false sense uh, of security. But no, well, actually, yes, it is Tom Hawkins uh, that I want to talk about, as well as uh, the other burn man and Jeremy Cameron. Both of the big key forwards have great fixtures to finish off the year. Which one will score better? I don't know. Um, the wet weather's probably not going to help either of them this weekend, I'd, I'd say. But they've got easy fixtures. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. The forward options under this price are... Not pretty, JB. So I think you it's a little bit of a struggle. Yeah, it's you're taking not a huge punt, but you're taking a reasonable punt with most of these players. So um, you want to tread carefully. I'd, I'd aim for someone with a sort of you know high enough floor, so they're not actually going to kill you. Rather than going for that big, you know, it's going to score 130 or 60 top of player. So less variance, the better. I think when you're looking at this price range. Well, especially if you're in finals. Yeah, exactly right. So um, that essentially covers Daniel. This this is actually going to be a really fast podcast. Um, we've got Birchall to talk about as well. A lot of people, I wouldn't say a lot of people, but some people took the plunge on Birchall as their either their defensive cover or uh, their last player to sort of switch. Who's gotten an injury in defense? Luke Ryan. Maybe you've traded Luke Ryan to him to free up money and make your last upgrade somewhere else. So um, there are some instances where people had Birchall on field. Um, for those people, they're going to have to obviously trade him out. Um, I mean, those people obviously knew what they were get, getting into with Birchall being so injury-prone for his entire life. But where would they look now? Birchall's only a price of 252k. Um, it's it's just struggle town, really. Yes, all the options around this price are not great Supercoach scorers. I think the only one that put out a decent score last week was uh, Charlie Ballard from Gold Coast, 291k. And he scored 113 JP. So if you only have a little bit of money in the bank, at least that guy's got the seal in there. But all of these players are just 
massive punts. Um, so hopefully you have a little bit of money in the bank. Otherwise, you're just rolling with no cover for the rest of the season. Uh, that's It's heartbreaking, but at the same time, it's Grant Birchall, guys. What were you thinking? <laughs> no, I mean, look, he's got the, the... He could score. Everyone knows that he's an injury risk, but he's also got that you know, good scoring potential. And especially if you're struggling for cash, you wanted a loophole option. Maybe you're covering Hearn for one week. Um, I think getting virtual was fine. As as cover, absolutely fine. Uh, if you've got yourself in a yeah. predicament where he's on your field and as a permanent figure, then, I mean, that, yeah. Hindsight I mean, is everything, obviously, reward. but I think the, the foresight was lacking in this one as well. <laughs> I think it's a high-risk, high-reward play that didn't work out. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so... That essentially has now just covered all of our big outs, Pistol. <laughs> all right. So uh, thanks for having me on. This has been a, a long podcast. Uh, okay. So we've got a couple more topics to discuss. I think the actual main talking point of the week is captaincy options. Now, most weeks it's easy. You, you've obviously got Grundy. You, most people have Gorn or Goldstein, who's actually in you know, as as good a form pretty much. And then you've got your McCrae's who's on fire and et cetera, et cetera. I could go on forever. This week, however, it seems like I can find as many negatives as positives for pretty much all the popular options. And then just to cap us off, we've got the two big Ruckman facing each other uh, in this game as well. So where are you looking for starters? We'll start with VC options, maybe go for Friday and early Saturday games. Where are you looking for your VC option early? Oh... This is a bit of a tough one, JB. Um, I don't know if I want to take either Ruckman as my VC, and it seems silly just because they score so well, and they probably still will, and I'm definitely going to chicken out and not take one of them. But I think you could do worse than taking a VC punt on if you had a Toby Green-type uh, player, or maybe you've got a Whitfield or Williams, and probably Williams might get the how tag, Um but, you know, technically any one of those players could get the how tag. So you're kind of playing like Russian roulette, but with how. So uh, I guess we'll wait and see um, like 10 seconds before the bounce. And if he lines up on your play, like do the quick switcheroo on your VC between Whitfield and Williams. But I think both of them are reasonable shouts against um, Hawthorne. But did you see, JB, that there's a slight prediction or I guess a slight chance that there could snow in Canberra this weekend where they play on Friday night? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many massive hills are in Canberra, but I assume people are walking to the top of those and making such predictions. But surely we're not going to see <laughs> snow at the footy ground during play. That would be incredible. I just want to see like what would happen. Like, when would they be practicing like bouncing their balls in the snow and like and not coming back up? And they're like, okay, we'll like, figure this out. Could you do some like new tactics? Could you build a snowman on the goal line as like? <laughs> and, and a stoppage like a way to stop soccer goals yes pistol yeah you, that, I guarantee if there's snow in Canberra this game they'll build a snowman on the snow <laughs> on the goal line to stop I goals feel like, like soccer you're not enjoying this as much as I am <laughs> I mean look I've seen games of NFL in America and games of soccer where they're you know it's, it's almost knee deep so I guess a little bit of whatever semblance of snow we might receive in the game would just not be anywhere in comparison i can guarantee there's no snowmen built in nfl games do they do they ever like make snowballs and just like throw it at their opponents just like sneaky little you know it's not like you you can't pinch someone but you can throw a snowball at them i mean 
What do you want me to say to this? Would you get fined? Like, how would that work? Would you get, no, get no, reported? No. Unless you can cuss someone, there's no way you get reported for that. That would be I mean, a maybe, big snowball. That's what I mean. <laughs> maybe they put their boot in it or something like that, in the snowball, roll it up and have a throw. Yeah, look, honestly... I'm not even sure what we're talking about anymore. Let's get back onto the good. voice gap. If, if you got injured, JB, you just like lie down. You're really rolling with the snow <laughs> thing. <laughs> Do you reckon they make snow angels? Yeah, just like if your Gold Coast were playing there and the ball's just never going in their forward line. They just like, just yeah, I'll just, I'll just snow sit angels. there make some <laughs> God damn it. Okay, well, I'm going to move past that. Now, Max Gorn, as you mentioned the Ruckman earlier, his two games prior to the one this season where he gathered 30-odd disposals, um, he had 76 and 67 against Collingwood. So um, a lot of people are obviously rolling with the fact that Gorn's a tap Ruckman. He showed that he could get the football last time as well. Uh, maybe he gets up for these contests and is looking at put up a big score against Grundy. I just don't see... I, th- I feel like there's a 30% chance he goes big against Grundy. And same with Grundy against Gorn. Gorn Grundy's never really gone big against Gorn in the last... Well, uh, as far as their rivalry goes back. So 84 in his last, 98 before that, 93 before that. So um, they tend to just cancel each other out more times than not, although we were lucky earlier in the season. Um, that's essentially it. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm looking elsewhere with my VC option. As you mentioned, the Whitfield and Williams options are decent ones. If I had Adam, Adam Trelaw, I think I'd be all over that. Lockie Neal, however, has Gold Coast Sun, so he could be the best option. Mm, look, it's meant to rain pretty much all over Australia, so take that Is that, into that bad for Lockie Neal? I feel like that's somewhat good for Lockie Neal, but I mean, you've got like Robinson and Lyons, and you've got these big contested ball winners as well as Lockie Neal. I'm not sure if he's going to get like an extra benefit on like an, any other day, um, but I think he'll score well anyway because it's against Gold Coast at the Gabba. So I feel like that's a pretty safe like 120-ish score. So maybe you could do a VC and yeah, captain him. Maybe you want a VC. It's it's really tough to know um, how players are going to score in this wet weather. Well, before we move on to our captaincy options, I've I've actually got a question. So. Is this the sort of round that a 120 from this week becomes like a 140 of previous weeks? Are we looking to lock up essentially anything that is a decent enough looking score this way around and just copying it, moving on to the next one? Like knowing that some players will probably score big and those people will take those risks. But as we saw with Crips and Dangerfield this week, some players will score poorly after a vice captaincy of 120 and you know people will take those risks so do we sort of just take a safe option yeah i think usually i'd take a 130 and this week i might take a 120 something like that but also there's some games that are indoors and you know jack mccray's averaging 123 now for the season and he's got you know bombers um at marvel stadium so i still would expect him to hit his average especially that he's in like such amazing form as well as i guess bontempelli um any of the bulldogs midfielders really i, I feel should still go you know 120 now now prior to this week just gone where boke scored 101 against essendon in a it took pretty much a 10 goal win to do so um, do you think Clark will neutralise one of the three Bulldogs? If so, which one do you think he's most likely to go to? Good question. I think uh, I don't know how you stop Bontempelli when he's in the form that he's in. Like, what what are you meant to do? Um, so potentially, we'll just be trying his best to run with McRae. But honestly, I don't think anyone's going to be able to stop them. Okay. 
Uh, I tend to actually agree. So if he rotates onto Bond, um, Bond's obviously just going to, every single time he you know, seems finds it necessary to do so, he'll move forward and, and kick goals on Clark. If you can ever isolate him one out forward, it's a guaranteed goal, essentially. And then McRae, if he goes to McRae, which I, I can't see... I mean, McRae just doesn't get tagged. I know he gets a lot of the possessions, but Bond's just so much more damaging that if anyone's going to roll with the tag against Bulldogs, it's 99% of the time on Bond to Pelly. And then, obviously, you've got Dunkley as well. Like, it's really hard. So, I feel like if McRae even did get looked at, he's enough of an inside player, tackling machine sort of an aerobic monster that he'd still be able to score just fine with a bit of a tag on him anyway. Is that crazy to think, or is is that logical? No, no. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, McRae will be my VC this week, I'm pretty sure. VC um, so. on a Sunday? Yes. Okay, so... Uh, he, well, I mean, he plays on Saturday night, so it's not it's not okay. that crazy, JB. No, fair enough. Um, so who are you looking at with your captaincy then? Well, it can't be any of the Geelong plays, so no Dangerfield um, or Tim Kelly uh, against North Melbourne, which is a decent fixture. But on the Sunday, you've got some good matchups that include Fife um, at Marvel Stadium. He's in great form as well, so I think he could do a lot worse. I really like Cripps against Richmond. I think that that's a great game for him, probably in the rain as well. Um, I feel like he'll do super, super well. And uh, according to Lahug, he's uh, predicting a big 130 from from Cripps. But personally, I'm looking at Elliot Yo, um, a little bit of a POD, not doing it because he's a POD, but he's in really good form and he's playing Adelaide, who are just, I guess they've been quite poor in the last five weeks or so. And I think they'll get done uh, really badly uh, by West Coast. So. I'm I'm looking at Elliot Yo at the moment. Yeah, no, I agree with your prediction of what that scoreline will look like in the West Coast vs Adelaide game. So, um, Yo is just such a dynamic scorer, and a matter of a quarter he can go from, you know, I think he was on four points at quarter time, and then ended the game on what 130 odd still. So, he doesn't need a full four quarters, but if he ever puts it together, then you know he's on track for a really big score, and um, this week's as good as any for him to do so. So. Um, I still stand by my early shout. If you have Adam Troy, I think he's a he's going to be a really safe pick for vice captaincy this week against Melbourne. Um, otherwise, I probably would avoid the two Ruckman just personally uh, and look to VC someone like Lockie Neal. And then I think McRae is a really safe captaincy uh, from my perspective. I think one, yeah, that we didn't really touch on is Clayton Oliver against Collingwood in the rain, I think, as well. That will suit him, and he usually does really well against Collingwood with, like, super solid scores. Um, last three against Pies of 114, 127, and 117. So I, I'd expect, you know, a 120, 130 uh, from him this week against the Pies. Excellent. So having said that, we'll move on to our final segment for the podcast. Uh, we've got a couple of questions sent to us on Slack. So... Uh, we're just going to cover a couple of the, the big ones. So firstly, I think, Pistol, you had one that involved finals matchups, which is really, really relevant as people sort of have a few trades to burn, uh, those who are obviously playing for leagues um, and might want to just look for a point of difference against their current matchup for this week, uh, maybe a bit of a cheap POD. Uh, no, that wasn't one of the questions. But uh, there there are, you know, quite a Don't few... you dare that... burn me right here. <laughs> That was definitely one of the questions. <laughs> there's, there's quite a few questions about finals, so not sure which one you're talking about, but uh, 
I'm going to ask them to you uh, oh, anyway. Uh, Cormac Somerville. Up community. <laughs> Cormac Somerville asks, who are the best POD options for final trades on each line for 50k and under? That's essentially the exact same thing that I just explained. Yes, but you didn't give credit to Cormac, so I. That's why I what passed it to you. Well, next time, just pass it to me without okay, going okay. through the entire two-minute questions. And yeah, give the people credit. Come on. Okay, sorry, Cormac. I was okay. Um, so the the question again. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you knew it off by heart. No, I've repressed it now. I think. Who are the best POD options for final trades on each line, four hundred and fifty k or under? Okay, so. Having neither of us done our research here, obviously, because we just go off the cuff with everything, I'm going to list, firstly, do, do we want to start with forwards or defenders? Defenders. And I know who I want because I was looking at them last week. So <laughs> I might just take it off you straight off the bat and uh, give my it. answer. And yep. uh, that would be good old Dan Houston at 401k. Um, monster score last week with 134 points. Um, he is playing in the midfield at the moment, JB. You'd probably be able to tell us a bit more about how you see him going, um, especially given Wines is named as an emergency. But only in 1% of teams, as a Portman yourself, how do you see Houston going as a defender, or listed as a defender playing as a midfielder for, for the rest of the season? Yeah, so he, he's played midfield most of the season. Um, I'd be shocked if he wasn't defender midfield status next year. Uh, and he's he really just adds another dynamic because um, not only... I mean, a lot of our balls, because he's a bit of a contested beast as well, a lot of our balls aren't really good by foot, but Houston's got a really good foot on him. So if he does get, get it on the outside... Uh, he's like really well trusted by the club to deliver it to our forwards as well. Um, I think he just adds another dynamic. It was a big part of our winning last week. So for 401k, I think he's got a pretty safe ceiling playing majority in the midfield of, I'd say, of 80 plus. And then he's going to put out some pretty big scores as well uh, here and there. So I'm not sure if he'll finish the year with any massive scores, but he's got it in him. So. Well, he's got good fixtures as well, so hopefully he can put out some big scores in those those you know easier fixtures. Okay, um, so my point of difference defender, who's cheaper than four hundred and fifty k. I don't know if this question can get any more specific, but a man with a three round average of one hundred and two. Now, I know his fixtures switch, but this is a man who's used to performing well on bad fixtures. Last four weeks have gone eighty seven, ninety three, one hundred and twenty five, and eighty nine. So, pretty safe floor there of eighty seven. And that's Cade Simpson. So he's only just under the 450k mark. Uh, he's obviously got Richmond, St Kilda, and Geelong to finish the year. So uh, no easy stretch by any stretch of the imagination. W stretch there, but I'll pick someone else, JB. That what do you mean? Obvious. That's it's not too, too obvious. obvious. Cade Simpson. He's owned by 3.4% of teams. He's below 450k. Name. That's like the obvious pick under 450k. Give me, <laughs> what do give you me mean? some, give me some juice. <laughs> Oh my gosh. You know what, Pistol? This podcast, I think that the whole time you've just made it far more difficult. Okay, so obviously Finlayson. (laughs) (laughs) Your initial reaction there, I I wish I had a camera in your house to see what your face just looked like. (laughs) Uh, He is out this week, but yes, continue. All right, if we're going to talk about high floor then, if I'm going to talk about high floor, uh, I'll go to Zach Jones. Is that as POD as allowed? Yes. 
Well, owned I'd like by, you to explain it, but yep, go for owned it. Owned by 0.7% of teams. Since round 14, he hasn't gone below 82. Uh, mostly just peppers around the 90 mark. So he's had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six scores between 87 and 90 in that time. So uh, pretty crazy consistency from Zach Jones. And some of that, I don't think he's going to go huge and exactly win your final off his own boot, but he's definitely not going to lose you one either. So I think he's a bit of a sneaky option. Good. No, I, I'm satisfied with that answer, JB. But uh, full Thank disclosure, you, I was looking... I, I had to buy myself some more time to look through the midfield options because I couldn't quite find people that I wow. liked. Wow. So. All right. So you've thrown me <laughs> under the bars for your own selfish gain. Okay. Well, you know what? As you started in the defender line, I'm going to take the most obvious midfielder straight off the bat as well because All right. you essentially deserve that now. Yep. And that is it. Andrew Brayshaw. Wait. <laughs> what? No, okay, it's not It's not Andrew Bradshaw. It's Sean Higgins. Okay. I mean, anyone that okay. looks up the names of midfielders do, doesn't even need to know the stipulations of the questions, and my answer is going to be Sean Higgins. But he does actually line up with all the stipulations of the questions. So owned by 1% of teams, 435K, coming off a 140 last week. Uh, he's got Geelong this week, Port the next. So, I mean, his next week's pretty hard, but this week should be easy. Um <laughs> and then Melbourne to finish the season. This is a man who can actually win you a game off his own boot. So in Sean Higgins, we trust. All right. So I've got two, but it's kind of cheating a little. So hear me out first, and then you can can give me a ruling. Okay. Uh, first up, I know the target was 450 but I like it 450 and $400. So a tiny bit over. Jacob Hopper, <laughs> uh, he... He's got a five-round average, um, just of 90, but those great fixtures, three-round average of 94, put out 106 last week. And I think with those fixtures in particular in the snow this week, as a you know inside midfielder, he'll he'll do really well, I think. So I like him in only 2.5% of teams. Can I Otherwise, just get something straight quickly? Yes, you may. Not, not only have you thrown me under the bus like four times since this questioning started, but now you're changing the rules for yourself. <laughs> so you get exclusive picks that I, I'm not able to choose myself. You wanted happened? to go first. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. What about. <laughs> Who's your second one? Um, Taylor Adams, he's 451k. <laughs> Neither of them are so. Oh, jeez. It's a community. I hope you understand what I'm what I'm going through right now. All right, I'll pick someone under. I'll pick Thank someone you. under. Um, so, Gary Ablett. Um, I heard he's got good fixtures. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, I did actually mention that earlier. <laughs> you did. That's 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 what put the thought in my mind. Um, he has got you know a five and three round average of just 80, 84, but he's coming off a ninety five and. You know, those fixtures are very sweet with North Melbourne, Brisbane and Carlton uh, to finish the year and think that he could, you know, finish that season with a bang. And particularly against North Melbourne, um, he has scored against them uh, this year in 86. But, you know, previously in 2018, he scored 151. In 2017, he scored 114 and 210. So he loves North Melbourne. So this is a, a good week for Gaz. Yeah, okay. Uh, I... I'm finally satisfied. What's his ownership as well, just quickly? I'm glad you asked. It is just 1.6% of the teams. Okay, so big PRD. So do we want to move into the forward line now? And considering you're adding stipulations per line that we go into, I will let you start in the forwards. Okay, well, I've just switched across, so that's good fun. I should say that um, Gaz, I'd say 
if Geelong are like safe, locked into first place, there's a chance he could be rested. Um, I know they get a rest at the end of the season, but do you think there's a chance he gets rested against Carlton in the final round if they're like fully safe at first place? I, well, I don't think they'll be fully safe anyway, but um, I guess like I, there's, there's a chance, but there's a week between finals now anyway, and we all know how Geelong do off of the bye, so I, I, I mean, I... I assume they're going to be wanting to give as little rest as possible between now and the, the grand final, so. All right, I've got a forward, and you're not going to like it. I'll just give you... I'll, I'll put that straight on the table, that this is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> but here we go anyway. I'm scared. Uh, POD under 450, pushing the, that POD uh, name, and that is uh, Sam J. Reed. So... The GWS one. Wait, um, who? Hey, <laughs> look. Is he look, still in the league? Look, it's not pretty. His his average is not good. Um, he has a three round average, however, <laughs> of something that's somewhat acceptable in eighty four points, eighty four, ninety four, even ninety four points, three round average. So that's okay. He's gone a hundred eighty seven and ninety four in his last three. Uh, the five games before that, he went 31, 59, 57, 52, 71. So, obviously, this is a massive risk. But that three-round average of 187 and 94, um, playing off the half-back line, is racked up uh, 17, 24, and 25 touches. With that easy draw um, going forward, I feel like he could maybe shark like 380s, and that would be like a really, really great end of the season for him. But, oh, it is... It is awful down here in that forward line below 450k, JB. So I'm ho- hoping with that extra time, you've been able to find a, a different, uh, I guess, better hidden gem. Okay. Well, I'll avoid the obvious Robbie Gray and Tom Hawkins that we've mentioned already this podcast. I've got a couple of Jemmy, uh, Jemmy, Jemmy ones. So um, I'll start with Sam Menegola uh, in his return game, Ooh. scored 73 with a late in this week. Now, Obviously, has that pedigree of a high average in the past. Um, technically, has a three-round average of 86, but obviously, he's only played the one game in recent times. So, uh, I assume he'll keep building as the season goes. Uh, they've dropped Scott Selwood from the team this week, so maybe a little bit more midfield time, and you know, he could be a, a decent period that could win you a game. Now, the definition of could win or lose your game. Chad Wingard for Hawthorne, uh, obviously he scored 98 this week, just gone. Uh, looked a lot better, was running through the midfield uh, almost exclusively. So um, if he has any chance of picking up his form to what it could be, then he could easily win you one or two games between now and the end of the season. I like both of those picks a lot better than Sam J. Reid. <laughs> you were like Sam J. Reid, and I was looking at all these like fallen premiums like, what? <laughs> I think is the Sam problem J. Reed is... the only option we have? <laughs> I think we just switched so fast uh, from midfield to forward, and I was scrolling from the bottom up rather than like from 450 down. So I'm just like, oh, that's the first one I see. I'm going to say that instead of like Jeremy Cameron or like Tom Lynch from Adelaide or something. Can I, can I just say, in, in my scrolling, I saw David Mundy um, just condolences to people that own him is in 8.7% of teams. But how big has that drop-off been? How fast has that drop-off been this season? Because there was a strong month and a half of form where he looked like he was ready to play another three years of football. Yes. Uh- <laughs> 
Uh, have we got any more questions there before I actually hang up on you? Uh, yep. So I'm going to say, uh, Cullen, you kind of, we just kind of answered your question with Cormac's question. So I guess Harry asked for speculative picks next year in each line that are outside the top eight to 10 this year, which is a really interesting question, especially to ask you on the spot. <laughs> Wait, okay, hold on. I'll ask it again. So speculative picks for next year in each line that are outside the current <clears throat> top eight to 10 this year. Oh, Lord. Okay, so top eight to 10 in average or total points? Well, Harry didn't say, so let's say both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Um, oh, jeez. All right. I mean, we don't know if they're... Are we assuming they carry over their forward status, for example? No, nah, let's let's be logical about it. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say Sam Doherty or, you know, something silly like that. I think... Uh, that would be ridiculous. Um, I'm going to go with so we're picking Salem. We're picking a bit of a breakout player sort of thing. Yeah, I'm picking Salem because... I love that come, pick. I reckon they, Salem's They're awesome. going to come bottom three, pretty much guaranteed. Mm-hmm. They're going to get a really easy draw because of it. And, um, you know, he, he likes to monster uh, some teams. Like, he, his ceiling is enormous uh, for a defender. And I think with that draw, Melbourne will probably have a little bit of a bounce back. So I think that he is could possibly finish as a top 10 defender next year. Yeah, I, I really like that Salem pick. Now, um, it's interesting to note, Pistol, that I was just looking through the uh, forwards, not the defenders. So I'm now switching over to defenders. <laughs> well, you can do you can do forwards as well. No, whatever. I've switched now. <laughs> no, no. Now that now that you've done the research in the forward line, no, I have. You've got to pick someone, right? That's I, I how really, this works. I really haven't. Uh, <laughs> no, I've gone back to defense. I take right. back. I take it all back. Okay. I'll pick a forward then. No, I, in, right. in ten seconds, I've Wait, looked no, 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 at no, 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 and no, no. analysed. What the, what the hell? I've got a defender. <laughs> okay, that was quick. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. Darcy Burn Jones. Wow. He's I mean, he's yeah. shown patches in last season where he's averaged a hundred plus in a patch. Now this season where he's got a three round average of ninety six point seven. I think there's just a time where he puts it together for a far more extended patch than what he's doing at the moment and just has a good season. Yep. I can uh, kind of see that happening. I don't think that's too bad. He's. I mean, he said roughy, so I suppose... Yeah, I mean, look, he's averaged over 100 since, like, what was it, around 13 or something. So yeah. I'd say that's a, that's a good shout as well. Um, I think in the forward line, if he retains forward status, which is pretty iffy, but does start on the half forward before moving on ball. Um, and that's uh, Darcy McPherson. So he is uh, only averaging, I guess, the, the 84 this year. But he, it's mostly his, you know, his dream team to super coach ratio is woeful. He's, he scores like, he averages nearly a, a ton in, in dream team and he's just not getting it done in super coach. And if he can, you know, fix it up next year, maybe get a bit more midfield time, I think that he could go, you know, around 90 next year. So that's a sneaky, sneaky top 10 pick if, you know, most of the other forwards above him, I guess, lose their positional status. Okay, so having said that, I'm really considering the fact that most of their good, the good forwards are losing their position. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Jordan Dugowie. Um yes. Three-round yes. average of 96. So he ha- he's obviously shown that scoring potential all season. But um, what tends to catch him out is when he plays significant amount of time forward, uh, like for a stretch of matches, not just one singular match. Like he goes a stretch of matches playing just strictly forward. 
Um, now that can obviously bring in some inconsistencies in his scoring. I think as he builds up his tank just a little bit more next season, I don't expect him to be a full-time midfielder. But when we see those patches become, you know, once a month he's a, a lot more in the midfield where you think, oh, geez, like, imagine if they played him there more often. They've obviously got restrictions in doing so with his tank. If he has a good pre-season, good season next year, I could easily see him getting into that top 10 forwards. Yep. No, I, I, I rate that call. And JB, I've had a little bit of time to look over the midfielders and fortunately it's a bit easier picking somebody to go into the top 10 midfielders, I meant to say, <laughs> just because it's it's pretty much potluck at this point in time. Um, but Tim Taranto had a breakout year this year. Um, you know, he's he's averaging 104. So he's not quite in that top 10 range. And I think if uh, Canelio uh, leaves GWS at the end of the year, that Taranto can take another step forward and, you know, go around that 110 mark. Okay. Um, you haven't given me a lot of time to look through the midfield. Uh, dare I go one of his teammates? And no. <laughs> who do you think I'm going to go? Uh, I think that you're going to go with Ward. No, definitely oh, not. Okay. <laughs> um, Jacob Hopper. Ouch. Has has <laughs> has also shown uh, signs all season. Pretty much, he's got an average of almost 96. He's got 106 this week without uh, predominantly the whole entire midfield. I just think if there's going to be a player like Taranto has this season. Uh, that takes a big step next season. I think it's Hopper's time. Uh, whether he gets completely into that top 10 because it seems to really be solidified most seasons. It's the same type of players. Um, I'm not sure if that's next season or the season after, but he's obviously got that potential. So if I'm going to go one year early on this prediction, then that's fine because I'll still say that he's a chance for next season. You know, in, I remember at the end of the season last year, I, I think I said, slap me if I don't start Elliot Yo. Uh, in 2019 and then I didn't start him and he's been really good and he's not in the top 10 um, you know currently on total points and I think that he's definitely someone that could end in at the end of this year and if not this year you know at the end of next year but anyway I'll move on to the next question JB uh, mm-hmm. only a couple left and that's the next one at Webdog he asks he's got two trades left he has two semi-finals um, and he wants to upgrade either Sicily to Williams or Rampy or Sicily. Matt Crouch Oh, Matt Crouch to Bont or Yo. Which Sicily. two should I trade and to who? Sicily to Williams. Okay, there we go. Done. Next up, we've got Kuva, and he asks, with two trades left, should I hold in case of injuries or can I start luxury trading this week, which is a, no. basically your situation? Yeah, not not this week. So, um, I mean, I'll, I like to think... Uh, it's it is tough because I want to be conservative because there could be two three injuries on any given week. Um, as the last few weeks have gone, obviously we've been really lucky with injuries, but I don't want to I don't want to get lulled into a false sense of security that it's going to be like this for the rest of the season. So I'm going to hold mine at least until next week where there's two rounds left. Um, and if there's no carnage going into next week, I might get rid of Sicily if I'm in important prelims that I need to win um, or I really want to make a big jump in my rankings and think Sicily out will be able to do so um, otherwise yeah I definitely wouldn't do it this week because with three weeks technically still to play yeah there's just too much room for um, risk I guess Benny Behind Bars asks if Kelly is not named which he was not I'm mm-hmm. talking about Josh Kelly uh, yep do I sideways trade him or hold him for the 200 against Suns in the grand final week? 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, is he going to return? I, I, like, I mean, I assume they bring him back for a, a training drill against Gold Coast, but even if so, like, do you think he'll play the, anywhere near the midfield and just time on ground that he would usually play if he was fit? Like, I, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, he needs to get match fit, right? Like, he hasn't played in so long. I think they bring him back and they just say maybe kind of ease into it the first week. I'm sure he'll be back next week. And then in the last week, they're going to say, you know, run, run hard. Um, if you're sure he's back yeah. next week, then I'm inclined to hold him for that big score then. <laughs> sure is a, a strong word Well, like, GWS player. It, if, if, any, if the person holding Kelly at the moment is at least... 50-50 on whether they'll be back next week or not, then I think it's worth holding him because at yeah. least next week you'll see him run out and then the week after he should go bananas against Gold Coast, obviously, for that grand final. Um, especially if you think that you're safe for your pre... Like, I mean, if you're already in a prelim and you, you've got to buy this week, then you might as well just hold him. Like, there's no but, there's no reason to dump him. But if you're going for overall, I mean, obviously, if you don't have cover, trade him. But if you do have yeah. cover, that that's that's where you have to... Okay. Yeah, so, you know, I think you get more points out of trading him now. Um, is it obviously. wait? Okay, so now we're talking. Is it their last trade? Oh, because okay. in that hypothetically, instance, it's your final him. trade. Yeah, your final trade. You've got Dylan Clark as cover. Yeah, you have Kelly. Do you trade him out? No, I'd, I'd hold him again for this week. All right, and last question we have from Tristan Webster, and he says, "If you are out of your league finals and you're struggling in rankings, why should you even care about Supercoach right now?" <laughs> Um, I, I guess at this stage, what I was doing a few years ago when I was um, ranked poorly at this stage out of most of my leagues, I was I really just take this as time to scout for next season. So um, I'd start jotting down a few names. I know it rarely works out because player prices and preseason form just dictates a lot of our decisions, but it's, it's always a good time to start reflecting on your season and looking forward to next season. So um, may, I mean, he's got no trades left, so you can't really make like any fun punty moves or anything. Wait, did he say he has no trades left? Uh, he didn't. So okay, well, we if you've got a trade or two tell. left, like make a fun punty move, give yourself someone to follow for the last couple of weeks, um, and maybe they'll they'll find their way into your next season's team as well. But it, look, it's really it really just becomes a research time for next season. That's essentially what it becomes. Yeah, honestly, I can't help you because I'm never struggling in rankings at this time of the year. I mean, when I said struggling, I meant like I was 6K, you know, struggling for me. All right, all right. Well, you Uh, said your cocky comment. I had to come back with something. (laughs) (laughs) You've made it sound like I was 100K a few years ago. Look, I'm not not judging. That's fine. Um, We're all friends here. (laughs) Well, I don't know if we are after this podcast. (laughs) All right. So, is that take us through? That takes us through all the questions, JB. Is there something else on your your list of things to do before we wrap up? No. Excellent. All right. Well, if you would like to ask us any last-minute questions, you can find us at Chizo underscore DRSC. Make sure you ask him all of your questions. Um, and, uh, yep, that's that's pretty much it, JB. Excellent. Uh, thank, you. thank you for those <laughs> plugs. Um, well, it was... Oh, gee. You randomly throw it back like that after I expect you to talk for a good 30 seconds. It really is the worst. Um, Look, I'm not here to make your life easy. <laughs> no, I've gathered that from this podcast. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining us, community. I hope your elimination finals go well. And those that are highly ranked, I hope it's a good week for as well. No carnage, fingers crossed, for Pistol because he has zero trades left. And we'll talk to you next week. 